what I was trying to do was figure out a way to be a dancer that could be location independent, but that wasn't necessarily predicated on me teaching because I just I didn't really want to do that. Hello, everyone. You're listening to the Belladance Live podcast. I'm your host, Jana Komarnitska, and I'm thrilled to share a new portion of dance inspiration with you. If you are a new listener, welcome to the show. Don't forget to subscribe and receive automatic updates about our new episodes. And if you are our regular listener, welcome back. Please leave your reviews on whichever app you're listening. They really help me promote the show and spread awareness about Belladance art form. Plus, I really like hearing back from you. On this note, let's get to our today's episode. Jelena and Belladance Evolution are back, taking their show and programs across the globe. You know how many guests we had previously on this podcast shared how much the experience with BDE pushed their dance career. You can have it too. Audition for Jelena's latest production and join Jungle Book cast. All details at www.joinbde.com. Direct link in the show notes, joinbde.com. It's this time of the year. Belladin's bundle sale is coming up soon and I'm so happy to have this interview featuring the power mind behind this project, Tiffany. Tiffany started the Belladin's bundle in 2017, bringing teacher dancers who had content online to create one massive showcase for what was available at the time. Now, year over year, she brings together teachers and builds communities around the idea of at home practice, from lectures on language and culture to dances of all different menad and fusion styles. Tiffany brings together groups of teachers each year to help dancers study more often with less stress at home for an affordable price. A total nerd for the business side of dance, she loves to work with teachers to help them find new students. And as a total nerd for dance, she loves to study with as many teachers as she can. How fortunate to be able to combine both in each year's belly dance bundle. By the way, stay tuned for this year's offering available November 2nd to 10th. But before that, I had a pleasure to present you this episode and we have today discussing not only Belladin's bundle and everything around it but in general the concept of learning business models from other industries and then bringing them and trying to incorporate them in Belladin's field. We also talked a lot about the use and the concept of virtual assistant and how it can be helpful for dancers at which stage or for what reasons you may consider hiring virtual assistant and some tips to prepare to start working with virtual assistant. We also discussed many marketing tools that work in online space for promoting different dance classes or different online products. And of course, we focused on the main Tiffany's project, Baladins Bundle, and what it is, what it includes and how it benefits both dancers as students and dancers as teachers. So all this and, as usual, a little bit more in our today's conversation and I can't wait for you to dive in. Are you thinking about visiting Cairo? Instead of staying at a regular hotel, check an amazing option of Yasmina of Cairo B&B. As a dancer herself, Yasmina opened her stunning home in Cairo to dancers from all over the world where she offers accommodation, home-cooked food, dance classes right there at her own home studio next to your room, as well as photo shoots. You can take classes with Yasmina or other teachers, check her parties and workshops with live music, and ask her to help you navigate Cairo, for instance, to figure out how to book shows to watch or which sites and places to visit or where to go shopping. And as a professional photographer, Yasmina also offers photo shoots at the B&B with its beautiful oriental backdrops as well as on locations around Cairo and Egypt. Book your stay at the B&B or a photo shoot with Yasmina by contacting her on Facebook or Instagram at Yasmina of Cairo or by emailing her at yasmina at yasminaofcairo.com. Links will be included in the show notes. 
Hello, Tiffany. So nice to see you and to uh, hear from you. And um, I'm really excited that finally you're coming on the Balladance Life podcast. I know about your work and your projects for quite a while. And now I'm happy to feature it on this project. <laughs> I'm super excited to be here. Before we start talking about actual projects and your interest and activities in our belly dance community, I would love to know how actually you got introduced to belly dance. Do you remember your very first belly dance class? Uh, I don't know if I remember the first class because it was actually probably VHS tapes back in the day. Um, but I remember the first time I saw it was on uh, a Brazilian soap opera called Ucloni. Yes, lots of people know it. Um, it was one of the, I found out later, it was one of the most syndicated soap operas of all time. <laughs> Um, and so I was like, I don't remember, maybe like eight, nine when it came out. And I was just like, wow, I want to do that. And nobody near me taught kids. So uh, my mom got me a couple of VHS tapes, but it was like touch and go. But then when I got a bit older, I like stumbled across a dance class. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm 18 now. I can go do this. And so it was off to the races from there. <laughs> So how old were you when you got introduced? Uh, you mentioned you were a kid. Yeah, I was when I first saw it, I was like eight or nine. And then I think I started taking classes when I was like 18, maybe 17. I can't quite remember, but they were community ed classes, like on my local high school, like after hours mm -hmm. kind of deal. I was the youngest person in the class by a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and since then, you never stopped. <laughs> no, I've taken a couple breaks here and there for different reasons, but I always keep coming back to it. I really, I really love it so much. So I just become part of my life at this point. <laughs> Did you always thought about it as big part of your life or was it uh, in the beginning just a hobby? And for most parts of it, it stayed just, you know, like, oh, fun activity, fun hobby. It's, it was a, it was a hobby for sure. And then I had at one point I did have dreams of like opening a dance studio and like making it like a full time thing that way. But then I was like, no, never mind. <laughs> That's really hard. <laughs> um, and it's interesting because now the way that I feel about it is the dancing itself is still very much a hobby for me. And it's like the business around dance that I find to be much more um interesting and like that drives me in a more like career capacity but the dancing itself I still do kind of more on a hobby basis even though I do dance at a couple of restaurants around town and stuff it's not where I focus my time and my energy as much hmm. can you can you elaborate on it a little bit more because for many people when we are talking about dance as a business dance as a career they think about two things or oh, teaching or performing. But here you are saying that you are not really that much focusing on it, but you're still thinking about dance as a business. So how did yeah. you how did you come to that point? And what do you mean by that? Yeah, by accident. <laughs> so many of us end up where we are by accident, right? Um it's oh, it's hard to describe because I think I'm in a unique space with what I do, is that I don't I bring dancers together. Like I'm more I'm like, oh, I don't want to say I'm the glue because that gives me too much importance. I like to think of myself as like a middleman where like I introduce people to teachers, but I am not one of those teachers, if that makes sense. Like I like to do the techie, nerdy, businessy stuff to help people find what they're looking for, but I'm not personally that interested in teaching the dance itself I'm still very much a student of the dance I still learn and study a lot but I'm okay with that knowledge kind of stopping at me and using that knowledge to curate what I do instead and so it's a really weird space in between like being a dancer and being a business person and like not actually being a dancer at the same time it's it's weird but I love it it's it's the perfect spot for me <laughs> But that's really a unique uh, uh, spot. So you, you said that you ended up there by accident. What was that yeah. accident? Uh, well, I started the bundle. <laughs> and it did. <laughs> <I>, so, <I, laughs> so I worked in like the location independent space online for a long time. Um, I started there in 2013. And I worked for several people as a virtual assistant. 
And so I learned a lot about working from anywhere and working online and doing all that way before, you know, a lot of the, because like now it's really common with the pandemic, like everybody has this idea of, oh, I can work from home. I can work from anywhere. Um, But the people I was working for back in 2013 were trying to teach people how to do this and build their own businesses way before any of that had like hit the scene. So I worked with them on several projects and I just kept thinking about how could I bring it into the dance space? How could I bring it into the dance space? Mm -hmm. Um, Because dance was and is still to an extent, right? Such an in-person activity, right? You teaching people face-to-face and only recently has our industry really taken a huge shift to the side where online classes are way more accepted um, and like prolific now throughout the whole, the whole world. Um, And so I just kept thinking about different ways I could do it, different ways I could do it. And then I started the bundle and I honestly didn't really expect it to work too well. And and it did work really well. And so then I ended up at this weird like cross point of teaching, like bringing teachers together, but not teaching myself. Uh, And I was like, oh, this is a great spot to be. I love this. And then I just kept going. Mm, that's interesting before we start talking about bundle because that's a big project of yours but i want to dig a little bit more about sort of prehistory and skills that you use right now including your skills that you use for bundle but you mentioned that you used to work as a virtual assistant uh it was in non-dense industry or is it No. What kind of industry? Was it educational or, I don't know, sports uh, or business industry? Just in general, like I don't need to go specifics. The, I would call it the location independent industry, like, and travel, um, travel hacking and location independence. So like I, uh, I, it was also a hobby of mine at the time. Uh, and I still is too. It's called travel hacking where you utilize credit cards to manipulate points to basically fly places for free, uh, which I just oh. did my trip to back but to and from Cairo just recently. I only paid a hundred dollars for my ticket. Wow. Uh, that's an interesting. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I, I worked for people doing virtual assistant work in that industry. And then those people um, branched out and started location independent businesses where they were attempting to teach other people to become location independent and then I worked for them there as well so it was a really interesting bit when you were saying that you were thinking how to bring that into the dance uh, space you were thinking about how to bring the virtual assistant assistance element to teachers or you were thinking about skills of spreading education about okay you were working with like travel hiking industry and then they start teaching trying to teach those skills and you were talking about those skills trying to bring out bring into a dance world or um what exactly you were seeing which parallels which you thought would be useful for dancers or for dance industry in general so what i was trying to do was figure out a way to be a dancer that could be location independent but that wasn't necessarily predicated on me teaching because i just i didn't really want to do that um because that was the easiest way right it's just to start teaching online and like doing it that way but i never really wanted to be that so i was trying to figure out other ways so what you've just mentioned i thought about all of it i was like how can i be a virtual assistant for dancers how could i maybe teach dancers about travel hacking um, for a while, I had a job as a Google ad manager um, for like just some company here in uh, Florida where I, where I live. And I was like, how could I like teach dancers how to use Google ads? Like I was literally like, how can I do something in the dance space that I could do from anywhere, but that wasn't me teaching dance? <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I just would, I would circle around. So it was, how could I bring that idea of location independence into the dance space for me personally. And that's, I tried for a long time. I, I played with tons of ideas before I settled on the one that, that worked. Ah. Well, let's take a couple minutes to actually maybe do a little bit of that education now for dancers, because you, you <laughs> sort of, uh, forwarded your skills into bundle, which is on its own, very valuable project for dancers. But if talking about this other skill that we often as a dancers don't even think about looking into other industries and learning from completely different industries, but let's say talking about, I'm very interested, uh, because uh, 
I think this is the first person who is related to ballet dance industry who I'm interviewed, but also had a experience of being a virtual assistant and being mm. in the online space, you know, working, etc. So mm-hmm. when you were, for instance, thinking about, oh, maybe I can be virtual assistant for a dancer, for some dancer, like what dancer, what would be useful things, huh? that virtual assistant can provide for dancer or maybe in which position the dancer should be start thinking about, or maybe I should get a virtual assistant for me. Oh, okay. So it's very personal uh, on both ends. So I actually, like now when I talk to uh, dance teachers, I actually have this conversation with them a lot about like, when is it time to like get a virtual assistant? Um, And the answer is before you think you need one. (laughs) Like when you are, your head is on fire and you're like, I have too many things to do. I need an assistant. Like, yes, at that point you should get an assistant. But right before that is probably a good time because Mm -hmm. then you can stave off the like insanity of not having an assistant and trying to like work it in. Because when you first get an assistant, it's always a lot more work than you think it's going to be. And it doesn't feel worth it. So if you are in the middle of it and you're trying to like onboard an assistant at the same time, it's going to feel just like a tremendous amount of work. Um, So I like to tell people that it's when you first start to feel like you don't have enough time, Mm -hmm. the very beginning stages of I don't have enough time to do this or if you have tasks that you really, 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 really hate doing and you find yourself procrastinating on them, there are just certain things that are always kind of being put off. Um, and with dancers, I tend to find that that is more of the business stuff, right? That's not usually like the fun stuff that that we like to do. We like to dance. We like to do this, the stuff that we have to do, right? Like if you're teaching online, you have to teach the classes. Like you can't necessarily have somebody else do it for you. But it's scheduling the social media posts or answering your emails or, you know, making plans for things like a lot of times that kind of stuff tends to fall behind and it doesn't happen as completely as you might like it to. Um, So if you find yourself really avoiding tasks or you find yourself hitting that wall of I don't have enough time, then it's time to start looking at getting an assistant Um, and what you can start to do my general advice for it. Um, Because what a virtual assistant can help you with is literally anything. Like you can find somebody to help you with anything uh, that you want to do. What I suggest doing is starting to make lists of what you do every day and like, like granular lists, like not just like I sat at my computer, but what did you, I wrote this email, I scheduled this, I made this graphic, I edited this video, I danced for two hours, I made a plan for one of my students, right? Like the whole list of things that you've done and then start to um, cross out the things that you absolutely have to do. Like literally your body is important to that thing, right? Or your brain is the thing that makes it. Like if you're making a plan for your student, like your assistant isn't necessarily going to be able to do that. You need to do that. So, okay, that can't be sent off to an assistant. So make the list, cross off the things that you absolutely have to do. And then look at what's left. And then I start picking off the things I hate the most (laughs) off that list. And as you do them, write up uh, guides, like like step by step. Okay, to answer this type of email, people are having login issues with the website. You have to go here, do this, do this. And you make it really step by step so that when you do decide to bring the assistant on, you can just hand them the pile of documents. And you're like, here's how to do everything. I've already decided what they are here's how to do them. And it'll make life a whole lot easier. Mm. But I think in your conversations, especially with dancers, when you bring up this topic, a most popular objection is like, oh, but I can't afford assistance. I barely can make money for myself. And here I need to pay someone to do the work. This is true. I do hear that a lot. Um, My counter argument is that if you have more time, you will spend it on the things that actually make you money. Because so many people spend so much time on the little things that aren't actually pushing their business forward. 
and you get caught up in those things because they are urgent. They do need to be done, but they don't necessarily need to be done by you. So if you can bring someone else in to take care of those more urgent tasks that take your focus away from like the big picture planning, then suddenly you can actually focus on that bit of it. Like what is actually going to get you more students? Is that going to be like, say you have, you hire an assistant and they only help you for one hour. Mm -hmm. So they take away an hour of emails and scheduling posts that you already dealt with and something else, stuff that has to get done, but is not like you don't have to do it. And you spend an hour actually going live on Instagram or contacting prospective students or doing the actual thing that's going to get more people in the door. That's going to, that hour of time, like, yes, you may have paid that assistant for it, but that hour of time has done more work to get you more money in the long run than it was going to the assistant. So I totally get the objection because it is really hard, but there are assistants that will only work for you two or three hours a week. You know, you can find people that, that you don't need to hire them for 40 hours a week right off the bat. You can do little bits and work your way up. And just start spending that time. Like the key then is to spend that time doing the things that are actually pushing your business forward and actually growing what you're doing out in the world so that people see see you more and come to check out what you're doing um, so that you can afford to continuously grow the business and hire the assistant for more and more and more and more things. Mm-hmm. I think another very popular fear of objective of dancers is like oh but nobody someone else will not do it as good as I do it (laughs) yes and uh here's that's true though like some for some of us like that is true and for some of us it's absolutely not and it depends but the thing is is that like this is perfectionism in action right like that email doesn't have to be answered perfectly. It just needs to be answered. The person on the other side of the email is not going to know that like if you had written it, it would have been just this much nicer, just this much better, right? And, And so this is a way I think that perfectionism comes in and like stops us from growing because every little piece of the business has to be perfect and so then we never actually do the big work the, to grow the business. And then we get stuck in the cycle of, oh, well, I'm not making any money. I can't, I don't have time. It's not happening. And you can, you can sidestep a lot of that if you can hand things off. And this is why handing off the things that you hate first really makes a big difference because you don't want to do them anyway. So like if someone else doesn't do it as good, quote unquote, as you, at least it's done and you can be really thankful for that. And then as you see those things, like this is always what happens when people get assistance and I love watching it. The first step is they're like super scared, right? And then they're kind of frustrated because it's hard to bring on an assistant. And then things start to go, like things just start disappearing off their plate. Things start getting done without them having to like do everything And then it's like a magical moment. And so when you first start to see those things that you hate, like going away and getting done without you, then you're like, well, what else can I hand off? And at that point, the switch kind of flips Mm -hmm. and it goes from that, like, oh, but I could do it better to like, what else can I get rid of? You mentioned one of your advice was for people to bring an assistant on board before you think you already need it. But yeah. in the process of uh, hiring and adjusting to working with assistant, and you mentioned that it can be a very frustrating process once you actually have assistant adjusting. Like, can at the beginning. Can you possibly give, I don't know, maybe three tips for dancers uh, uh, how to handle situation, not like when to bring assistant, but once you actually decided, okay, I'm bringing assistant, three tips for the process of hiring and uh, getting on the same wave let's say with the system like the beginning yeah. stage of working yeah okay so three tips let's see be prepared for a lot of questions when you first bring on an assistant the mentality a lot of times is oh i'm just going to hand this off and it's going to get done and it's going to be amazing 
And the reality is, is that when you first bring on an assistant, they don't know how to do things the way you want them done. And so there's going to be a lot of questions and you're going to sit there and you're going to think, well, what was the point? This is taking longer than it would have taken me to do it, but that's only at the beginning. So go in prepared that at the beginning, there's going to be a lot of questions. And once you get past that, that phase of it, it gets exponentially easier. Uh, So that's tip one, be prepared for a lot of questions. Tip two, when you're hiring somebody, uh, if you can get a video call face-to-face with them, that is really great. And I highly suggest like a vibe check. Like when you talk to this person, does this seem like somebody you could work with and that you would enjoy talking to and having a back and forth with? Um, That's not always possible depending on how for how many hours you're hiring somebody. But if you get the chance, I highly recommend it um, because that'll go a long way. Um, just being able to like hop on a call with somebody and see them as a person and be like, oh yes, we we vibe, this is gonna work out. Or if you talk to somebody and they just don't have the same communication style as you, and you can tell that pretty pretty clearly like in a video call, I would say pretty early on. Um, and if they don't have the same communication style as you, it doesn't feel good. I would find, I would look around some more before you hired them. Oh, and three. Hmm. Yeah, if it, if you can, before you bring somebody on, just start writing down how to do everything. You could even start now. Even if you're like, I don't, I actually feel like I have enough time. I don't need an assistant and I'm not going to need an assistant for a while. Writing down how you do things step by step, um, one, can show you where there are inefficiencies in your own system. You'd be like, actually, wait, why do I do it that way? Like, maybe I want to change this a little bit. Um, But you're just starting to build this, like, baseline of standard operating procedures so that when you bring in a virtual assistant, it's actually really easy to hand things off and you're not as stressed about it. Um, It also really helps if something happens to you and you get sick and you like can't do anything for, you know, a week, two weeks, a month, you can literally call somebody and be like, here's a document. I really need you to help me do this. And like, there's something to actually help them through the system. Um, So I really think it's just a good practice in general to have those, but especially um, in a business, like starting to work with things, just getting all of that in line. That would be tip three for me, I think. I love the last tip, like when you mentioned, start doing those guidelines. Actually, when you think you have enough time and you don't need assistance, because when you have enough time, you can invest the time in creating. So by the time you don't mm-hmm. have the time, it's already ready. <laughs> That's a smart yep. Do you have your <laughs> own virtual assistant or assistants now in your work? I do. Yes, I have two. When you hired your own first virtual assistant, Do you remember, were you nervous uh, or or maybe you were already familiar or comfortable because you were in that shoe? And what was the main uh, surprising, maybe not obstacle necessarily, but um, struggle? (laughs) Because I'm sure there was some surprises for you too in this process of now you working with virtual assistant. Yeah, it it was interesting because I was so used to being the assistant. Um. So I will say that my uh, guidelines for how to do things are spectacular <laughs> because I'm used to being on the other side. So I know like exactly how to write them so that someone can follow something step by step. Whereas um, I've had some clients that had to learn like, oh, yeah, I have to mention that part of the process. Um, but when I first started, I wasn't too nervous because I hired somebody that I uh, that was one of my colleagues. Like, so we were both virtual assistants elsewhere. And then when I started this and I finally got it to a place where I, I needed somebody to help me, um, I just hired, I went back and looked at my friends that I had worked with. And I was like, Hey, does anybody have time? Like I need somebody to come help me here. Um, so thankfully that part was pretty easy for me at the time. Um, but honestly, I was surprised uh, by how many questions there were. <laughs> because even though I had been a virtual assistant and I was hired, I was hiring someone who in my head was a very capable assistant. I already knew that because I'd worked with them. So when there were still a bunch of questions on like how to do like the intricacies of what I was asking for, I was like, Oh, 
And it makes sense that there would be questions. Like she's not in my brain, right? Like she doesn't know. Um, but it, it definitely it took me by surprise. Cause I, I kind of, I did the same thing that I mentioned here is like, I expected to hand it off and have it just work, even though I had been on the other side of that and knew that that's not how it functioned. <laughs> I see. <laughs> that's a very interesting experience. Well, Coming back to your project and your deep dive in the business of belly dance and dance. So you mentioned that um, the interesting accident that made your life more interesting and challenging was then you created a bundle. How did you come? First of all, all, let's explain to people who may not uh, know anything about your project. What do you mean? What what bundle is it? And uh, when, uh, then, uh, how did you come to that idea? Or maybe they will be related to these two questions. <laughs> I can I can do both at the same time. Um, so the Belly Dance Bundle is a project that I started back in 2017. And it brings together dancers from all over the world who have online content. And we do, we've had literally everything. We've had CDs, we've had eBooks, we've had online courses, we've had one-off workshops. If it's online... It's fair game. Um, and we bring everybody together in a bundle and we sell it as a flash sale. So it's only available for sale for one week out of the whole year. And then the other, like let's say the eight to nine months after the bundle sale is when all of the classes actually happen. Um, so that's what I mean when I say a bundle. And it came out of, um, I was actually working uh, for the location independent group that I had was talking about earlier, um, they ran a bundle called the Paradise Pack. So they called it the pack. Um, It was the Paradise Pack, and it brought together resources on on how to create and sustain a location-independent business. So it was like how to start a business, what kind of business to start, uh, like tips on money, tips on travel, tips on how to become an expatriate, um, like if you had lived in the States or in Canada and you wanted to move somewhere else. So it would have all kinds of like resources like that from people all over the internet that were kind of adjacent to location independence. And so I helped them run that bundle for four years, I think, before I finally was like, okay, let's try this in the dance space. And uh, I kid you not, I literally lifted the business model like word for word over and tried it in the dance space um, with permission, I asked. (laughs) And uh and it took off. And my bosses were actually really surprised. Like they were like, really belly dancers? Like that worked. And and then it was that was it. Then we just kept going from there. And it's gotten bigger every year. Um, and now the Paradise Pack doesn't run anymore. They um they closed that down. But uh the belly dance bundle's going strong. <laughs> so you were doing parallel like the work for a travel project mm-hmm. and the bundle. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm also impressed because that's not very common when people think, oh, I'll just do the same, but it's in different industry. But you're saying that you actually asked permission and it's really nice, like, you know, to give a credit to the source. Like, it, although it's in no way competition with them, it's no. really not related to their industry, but still you acknowledged and let them know that, okay, I want to do something like this, but in my, like, in different industry. And it's also great that they supported you, you know? <laughs> Yeah, they were really great about it. And I um, I asked specifically because I, I literally lifted their entire marketing model. I was like, let's try like 100% the same way that we ran the Paradise Pack. I was like, I'm just going to try it in the dance space. I'm not going to try to innovate on it. I'm just going to do it and see what happens. And what's funny is that some of it did not work at all. Like it was such a failure in some parts, in some parts and then other parts were really good. And so then what I've been doing every year is I'm just like, okay, this part worked, this part didn't. So we toss that part and we try something new. And so now the belly dance bundle actually doesn't resemble that original paradise mm-hmm. pack, like at all. Um, and, but what's really funny, funny story about this is that one thing that they used to do is they would have like an all day party, to, like during the sale to try and just drive sales Um, And I tried this in 2017. I remember I was pregnant with my daughter. I was like, I don't know. I was probably like seven months along or something. And I was at my computer all all day. We were there for like seven hours. And I had people come on and we did like a Facebook live. It was like a long Facebook live all day. And uh, I had 
I don't know, maybe six or seven teachers came from the bundle and they taught like mini classes and we had a whole thing. And I kid you not, uh, the attendance was like five people. (laughs) It was like such a spectacular failure. Uh, But then when the pandemic hit in 2020, I was like, oh, I'm going to try that again. Mm-hmm. And so I, and so we did it again and we went for, I think we went for like 15 hours or something that day. Um, and we had just dance, like mini dance class after mini dance class all day long. Uh, and it was super fun. We had a whole big turnout. It was, it was really interesting because nothing, I didn't do anything differently. It was the, it was the industry of the belly of belly dance, like globally that had changed with the pandemic and everybody suddenly being super okay, being online, it became a whole thing. And so then it worked out wonderfully. So in 2020, we had a party and it was like 15 hours. And then in 2021, I think our party was like, I think it was almost 20. It was absurd. (laughs) I was real tired by the end of it, but we had a really good time. Um, I don't know if we're going to continue to do that because now I have two kids instead of just one, but they were good times. They were good times. Maybe maybe you can find virtual assistant to delegate that part. Right? <laughs> I'm going to need somebody else to come run the party for me. Thank you. <laughs> That's cool. That's interesting. Um, can you give an example of um, opposite trends? Like this is a trend that didn't work when you started in 2017, but then with better different timing and circumstances, it worked out. Does anything come to your mind that, oh, back in 2017, this really worked nicely, but now, like recent years, it really doesn't work. So, okay, I need to stop pushing or putting much energy or time on it. Yeah. Um, I think probably the thing the most that we've changed since then is um, like how people access their courses. So when we first started, it was uh, like, it was just a PDF, like a, like people would get a fold, like a PDF and a zipped folder and they would have to unzip the folder. And each folder had like a PDF in it from each of the teachers that would tell them how to like go get their class. Uh, whereas now I don't think that would work at all because at the time people weren't as savvy with online stuff. So like that was acceptable. Like that was like an acceptable level of tech. Whereas now people expect things to be so much more, like clean and they expect to have like a login that tracks everything for them because people are used to things like Teachable and Podia and and all of these services now that exist, Kajabi, right? Um, so I don't like, I think if I did that now, people would probably give me a really big side eye after they got the deliverable on purchase. They'd be like, what the hell is this? Um, and so like over the years we've been building, uh, we have a bespoke system on the site that was built just for us um, by my web developer uh, to like take care of that. But I think that that's, it's the tech that's changed the most and what people expect because for the same reason, right? Like with the pandemic and pushing so many people online, they see what's available online and the way it's presented. And so the caliber of what people expect is a lot higher than it used to be. Mm-hmm. What was the main uh motivation for you to even you know create this kind of project I wanted to be location independent I wanted to be able to work in dance from anywhere without having to be a dance teacher uh not that I have anything against dance teachers obviously I love dance teachers greatly but I just never felt that like it was where I wanted I love teaching too like in person and in my local community, I will teach classes sometimes. Um, and I do enjoy doing that, but I just never something I wanted to like become famous for. It just, I don't know. It never felt like me. Um, and so I really wanted to find a way to help dancers and be part of the community and do something, but be able to travel. Um, cause before the pandemic, my husband and I traveled like six months out of the year and we lived, we would live here for a month. We'd live there for a month. Um, so we do a lot of that kind of stuff. And I wanted to be able to work and spend time in this community while I did that. And so mm. I was really looking for something that would allow me to do that. And then when I s- finally thought that there was enough online that I could pull off the bundle, I really started to see like how it could benefit the community as well. And then I was like, okay, 
Like, this seems like I can make it a win for everybody. And so, like, let's go. Mm. Like, hopefully it works. And then once it started to work and grow, I was like, yes, like, this is this is the way because everybody wins with the bundle and like that makes me really happy mm, it's interesting how you kind of shift literally basically into my next question that was on my mind to ask so the bundle itself what do you how do you see its value um value for community and what are the benefits uh, uh for both sides let's say from people who purchase bundle what what the value yep. they can get out of it well i think what it does and the thing i think is the the biggest asset to the community there is that it allows people to try things at a really accessible price point so if you go and you look at all of the teachers that are online and there there are so many teachers that people want to learn from like they see these beautiful dancers all over the world and they wish they could study with them all but it is not monetarily possible for them to do that right? Like you just can't, you would have to be so rich <laughs> to be able to take classes with everybody that you wanted to take classes from. And then sometimes only to find out that that teacher's not the teacher for you, right? Because until you actually take from somebody, you don't know whether, right, whether they're going to pass the vibe check. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. is this going to be what works for me? Um, and so with the bundle, like, ugh, I wish I had the numbers in front of me, but like in 2021, uh, it was almost like $5,000 worth of classes that were in the bundle. So if you went and you bought everything individually, you'd be spending five grand um, and the bundle was $400, right? So it allows a really accessible in for people, like in comparison to what it would cost to take with that many teachers um, so that they can experiment, they can try things. And so they get to try teachers that they might not have you know, been willing to risk the money on because they don't know, like, is it going to work out? I have my teachers that I like. I don't know if I want to try something else. Um, And it also allows people to mess, um, to mess around and play in different subject matter. Um, I've had people tell me in the past, and this is my favorite story, uh, that they hated folklore. They hated folklore dancing. They had seen it. They were like, that's cool, whatever. It's not for me. I'm not going to do this. And so they didn't spend any of their money on that or on teachers who specialized in that and then she bought the bundle and we had some folklore classes and she's like okay well they're in here I'm just gonna try them out and she went and she took these folklore classes and now she's obsessed with folklore like she just needed it like from the right perspective or from the right teacher and being able to experiment with it in the bundle because she had it just really changed things for her. And now she's like traveling to go to folklore workshops and stuff. Like it was, it was my heart like burst in happiness when she told me the story. Like, so for the community, I really see that as kind of the benefit. It's a way to experiment. It's a way to try new things. And it's a way to do all of that at a price point. That's not going to bankrupt you because I don't know. I don't know about the people who are listening, but whenever I see a new dancer online, I'm like, oh, like, I want to try that. Like, I want to like, is they look great. Let me go try that. And I just can't do that with literally everything that I see, especially now after the pandemic where so many people are online, it's just not feasible. So this is a great like middle ground for that. But people may also think from student point of view, okay, the price point is great because we are talking about from $5,000 to get all this package in like $400. But it's also the number of classes. Like I maybe don't need this number of classes. Like uh, I can't handle them. Uh, so what for mm-hmm. would I buy something like that? Yeah, there and like if that's really something that that bothers people about it like there's just too much i know i'm not going to do enough of this to make it worth it then i actually encourage them not to buy the bundle like go use your money elsewhere like pick the teachers that you really love that you know and like go ham with them and spend your money there um if people are kind of on the fence then what i suggest is to look at the price point versus what you think you'll use in the bundle and if you will use more than the price point then it's worth it, even if that's only 10 classes, right? But if you go in and you add up the 10 classes that you really want to take, and that's more than the $400, 
then you might as well get the bundle so that you can take those classes at a discount because it may be less of a discount, but it still is one. Um, and then the rest of it's like bonus. It's like free bonus stuff. If you manage to fit it in, if you don't, that's fine. But you have the classes that you know you want to take from it and people can go from there. Most people don't take everything in the bundle because there is a lot, um, but I wouldn't expect them to. <laughs> I don't, I do not expect anybody to take everything in the bundle, um, but I do want people to like, I think people, People take their favorite bits, they take from their favorite teachers, they take their favorite subjects, and then they like experiment in the rest of it. They're like, oh, what's this? Oh, I have time this weekend. Oh, I'm actually free on Wednesday. And they end up in the classes that we're having. Um, and I think that really works for a lot of people. But if it's not, if you know yourself and you're like, I will not do any of this because it's just too much, I'd rather you spend your money elsewhere and like really got the value from it somewhere else. How many teachers on average do you have in the bundle in the bundle and in which format are those classes uh are they scheduled that person needs to be on specific time to participate or is it recorded classes or is it just video or any other formats um when we first when we started i think we had 20 dancers in 2017 and then in 2021 which was amazing in 2017 i was like yes i found 20 people on the internet um and then in 2021, it was our fifth year and I had 55 dancers in the bundle. Whoa. Yeah, so we uh, grew quite a bit. Um, and then I think we're going to stick somewhere in between those two <laughs> for the next couple of years. I have a goal. I have an idea that if we make it to 10 years, I'm going to invite everybody who's ever been in the bundle back. And that one's going to be absurd. But we'll see what happens. We have to get there first. <laughs> um, so that's about the teachers. And then as for the classes, they're a little, they're a mix of everything. Um, I tell teachers to come in and teach the way that they normally teach. So if they normally offer live classes, I tell them to come in and offer live classes. If they usually teach pre-recorded stuff, then I have them come in with a pre-recorded option. Um, the reason why, right, is what I was saying, right? Teachers have to pass the vibe check. And part of that is how do you like to learn? So I like to feature a lot of different ways in the bundle for that. Uh, so people who love live classes, there's live classes. People who love the pre-recorded stuff, there's pre-recorded stuff. So you can really find the teachers who teach the way you like to learn in the bundle. And you can, you know, say you come in and you like pre-recorded things. And there's three teachers that have pre-recorded stuff that you haven't taken from. You're like, oh, those are going to be more my people than the live class people. But it's so individualized like how people like to learn online that um I just like the teachers to come in and teach the way they normally do so there's a little bit of everything um with all of the stuff I there is recordings for everything though so even if there is a live class like there will be a recording that's available since we sell all over the world time zones are always <laughs> always a fun game that we get to play um so I make sure that there are recordings available for everything so that no matter where you're at people can jump in and and take everything that's there if they want uh cool uh now let's let's switch to a different uh side of equation <laughs> i say i guess uh, we can say like this um for teachers to participate in the bundle what do you feel is the biggest benefit for them to jump into the project so earlier i was talking about um like spending time in your business working on things that were actually going to push the business forward. This is this, this is not going to sound humble at all, and I'm sorry, um, but this is one of those things because with the bundle, we're bringing together students who are interested in learning online. Like these, these are the dancers who will take from teachers online. And we know that because they're here buying a bundle of classes that are online. Um, so for teachers coming in who are trying to grow their online businesses, this is like the greatest little group of dancers that you could ask for, right? You're not having to sift through Instagram and like people who are dancers and are serious and yes, are totally going to follow you and like the creepy dudes who are never going to buy a single thing from you ever, right? Like you don't have to sift through that level of of people like all of the different groups of people who might follow you on social media you have literally a group of people here to dance that is the whole point they've already shown that they're invested and they're probably going to move forward with some of the teachers from this bundle 
and it happens every year. We find pe- people go off. I'd say a lot of de- a lot of the teachers come away with like 10 to 20 like new students who are like their students who loved what they taught and just continue going forward with them. And so for the teachers who come into the bundle, I really see it as uh, a way to start growing that super fan base, like the mm-hmm. people who are just absolutely going to take everything that you do going forward. And I've seen it happen time and time again. I have da- I have teachers tell me like that they that every year they get students from the bundle. Um, and I lo- that's what I love to see. I like love being like a matchmaker. I'm like a matchmaker. <laughs> That's how I feel (laughs) like I'm like matching students with teachers and just being like, here you go, guys. Happily ever after. Off you go. (laughs) (laughs) Nice job title. (laughs) There you go. I love it. (laughs) Chief matchmaker. (laughs) When you are engaging uh, new teachers uh, to participate in the bundle, what their main point of resistance of participation because i'm sure you probably have uh, those situations too their main point i would say that a lot of teachers okay so do you know how like when you ask people like how they got into dancing for a lot of us, it's an accident and it just kind of like snowballs out of control. And then suddenly you're a professional dancer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think for a lot of teachers, it's almost the same way. Like they didn't necessarily get into teaching on purpose or like they didn't come at it from the business side. They came at it from the dance side and then they found they, they like learned the business stuff to support the dancing stuff. And so sometimes I think um, the resistance that I can get from teachers is based in, in that, in the not having all of the business pieces in place. So they don't necessarily have goals for their business necessarily. Like they're like, they're, they're trucking along and they're doing great and it's awesome, but they don't necessarily have like the end goal of like, this is where I want my business to get to. And so then it becomes, if you don't have the end goal in place, sometimes it's hard to see how different marketing options can play into getting you to that goal because you don't know what the goal is. Um, And I think that's where I see the most resistance from teachers when I get it. Um, But honestly, most of the teachers that I talk to are pretty stoked about it. Like it's, they're pretty excited to come on. I, I don't get I don't get as much resistance as I might have thought I would when I started the project. Mm. But you mean the resistance that comes, it's usually about thinking about dance as a business, like, you know, and getting yeah. into, like the business and promotion and all oh, what for. Like, yeah. It's, okay. Yeah. I see. Yeah, it's like, how do I promote, like, how would I promote something like this? Like, I don't really have an email list. Like, that was something I heard for several years. Like, I don't really do email marketing. Um, that's starting to change now, and I love it. I'm so happy about it because, like, email marketing is so important <laughs> in business and to, like, the dance community is finally starting to, like, get into it. And I love to see it. Um, so, like, that was the thing for a while, just not knowing what to necessarily put in to the bundle to kind of get people to come away as their super fans. So I do a lot of like coaching around what exactly would be the best fit for them and like the base that's coming in. Um, but I'd say that's that's where I see a lot, a lot of the resistance when I see it. Mm, that's cool. Well, I know that you have uh, uh, your next bundle is coming up soon. Uh, by the yeah. time that this episode is released, it's not officially yet fully, fully, fully announced, but uh, maybe you can th- give us a little bit of preview. So. Um, maybe you already can tell like which teachers or which at least topics of the classes or how many more or less approximately will be in the bundle to expect for people. Uh, I know it's not yet maybe even fully like organized uh, in a sense, like finalized, I would say, uh, but still to give a little pitch uh, for people what to expect and what are the next uh, dates of the bundle? Because I know it's not their all year long sale. You have a very limited uh, time space for people to to actually purchase and jump in into the bundle. Yes. So, so far, I still have another week, so I'm going to get some more people in here. Uh, But so far, we're at 37 teachers. 
Um, I'm going to leave the reveal for next week for you guys to, or when you listen to this, go check it out. There'll be lots of wonderful teachers listed on the site, several of whom you've seen before in past bundles um, and some new faces too. We love having new faces in the bundle. Um, and topics as always are all over the place. I'm always really uh, cognizant of putting in both dance and lecture topics. So we're going to have that same that same thing's coming in. It's not all dance. It's not all talking. It's a little bit of both because I think that um, that is so important when you're learning is to get the context in addition to the actual dancing. So I make sure to prioritize that when I'm putting the bundle together. So we'll have some lecture. We'll have some dancing. We've got about 40 teachers now. That might that number might be higher by the time you go and look at the site. Uh, and the dates this year are going to be uh, November 2nd through the 10th is going to be the actual sale itself. So the sale only ever lasts for like seven to 10 days, but you do not have to, this is a big misconception about the bundle. You do not only have access to the classes for that week. <laughs> the classes are available to you many months out from that. And several of them are live and they don't even happen till like the middle of 2024 20, in this case, right? Would be the, the next year. Um, so we spend a lot of time like going through the classes and having live classes and partying for the rest of the year, but it's only on sale for that one small period of time, which will be November 2nd through the 10th, this go around. And I know that you're probably uh, having a lot of other events that are uh, prior to sale month, sale week, uh, that people can participate and just uh, get a little taste of teachers, etc. Like yeah. you were mentioning, in the last years, you were doing uh, this uh, uh, online uh, belly dance party all day long. Yep. Uh, are you already planning to do anything like that? Uh, not sell party, but many th- maybe something like that for the months prior to sales that people can just participate for fun, not necessarily even yeah. thinking maybe first buying. <laughs> Absolutely. When you listen to this, if you listen before the sale is over, uh, something will be going on <laughs> that you can check out. Um, we always do a big giveaway of turquoise international zills. Um, I have a whole box in my living room that I'm going to have to do like an unpacking story of later. Um, so we'll be giving away a bunch of zills that you can enter to win those. I will ship them literally anywhere. So don't worry about where you might be. I will, I've shipped them to so many different countries at this point because we do it every year. Um, and then we also have a 21 days of belly dance challenge on Instagram, um, where every day one or two of our teachers will put up a small drill um, that you can do at home as part of your five, 10 minute practice, just a little tiny thing, and then upload a video in response. Um, some I don't always have prizes for that, but sometimes I have extra zills. Um, Ali at Turquoise International is very generous. And so sometimes I have extras that I can send out to people. I have to open the box and see what's in there. Um, and so we do that. And um, that's always a really good time because everything is so small. I know a lot of dance challenges that happen are about learning like entire choreographies, which are amazing. And I love those. This is geared more towards getting you to practice every day. So they tend to be smaller, simpler things for you to do, but it's really easy to just like open your phone in the morning. Here's my drill for the day. Like, let's go. And to really start kind of kickstart your practice back up if you've fallen off the wagon there, which I know many of us have because life is a thing. And what is the best way for our listeners to follow and discover about all these events and about your activities? Uh, well, Instagram is going to be the best place during the sale. Um, so at the Belly Dance Bundle is a good place to go. And that will point you in all the directions that you need to go during the sale to experience all the different things. Um, and we do that so that people, even if they don't purchase, they still get to learn stuff and learn about new teachers and do all that. And that's one of those things I was saying earlier, like it's a win for everybody. I really like that. So I try really hard to make it, even if you don't purchase the bundle, like you still walk away with something, even if it's not the classes. So definitely come check it out. Um, from there, you can get on the email newsletter list, which is a great place to be um, as well. We do lots of cool stuff there. And then um, outside of the sale, if you are listening to this far in the future, um, just head to thebellydancebundle.com and you can join the email newsletter there. And every now and then I send out cool practice tips for people. 
Yeah, I was just about sales. to mention that in your newsletter, it's not only announcements of sale, you actually send a very cool, useful tips and practical things that dancers can use yeah. if they are purchasing bundle or not. Well, that's cool. Uh, when are you going to start revealing teachers of the bundle? So when is the day that you um, should start checking the website and Instagram to see, okay, who is in this bundle in this year? Yes. Um, October 5th this year, we will have the uh, teacher list will be up. We might still add teachers after that, but that's going to be the bulk of them there. And then the class list usually goes live about a week before the sale. So right at the end of October, we'll update everything. We'll let everybody know, hey, the class list is live. It's like a big, it's a big thing. Um, and then you can go see what exactly all of those teachers will be teaching um, mm. about a week before the sale goes live. Wow, that's cool. I will definitely include links to your social media and to your website and the show notes. So for all listeners, it's uh, very easy to connect and find information. And I highly recommend to check it out. I have been following your projects for quite a few years and you managed to gather together such an amazing and ginormous group of amazing teachers together and for students it's definitely a no-brainer such a great deal to get it and it's basically so many hours of classes that they can afterwards uh, participate and review without rush in their own time and explore so many topics that maybe not their primary focus and discover new teachers that maybe they didn't know or didn't think they will like but now here yep. just as a bonus trying and finding out so i highly recommend to all listeners to go ahead and take a look there at the those announcements and keep an eye on your free activities and your Instagram challenges and uh, other parties or whatever new things you come up to surprise us this year. Uh, and, I also, <laughs> and I also, before we summarize our interview, want to uh, mention that I'm really impressed how you managed to do because it's a lot of work. It may seem like, okay, just online on computer, but it's incredible amount of work to put together such project and to promote it and to make it happen and with all the tech and links and to make sure probably every, not only your virtual assistants, but all the teachers have a bunch of questions to you too on how to make it possible. So, and a lot of participants and students too, like it's a lot of work. And the way you manage to do it, especially with two kids. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I actually want to ask you because I'm pretty yeah. sure many people who after listening to us may also think, hmm, but is Tiffany available to maybe do a little consultation or something like that? Because she, she looks like savvy on attack and marketing. <laughs> do you actually <laughs> provide anything like that to teachers or to any like dancers, students who reach out? Or uh, maybe you can, if you don't personally provide, maybe at least can give advice of, okay, where to start if you want really to um, level up your business and marketing approach in online space. Uh, well, I do, I do offer like just chats for people. Um, usually it's my teachers, but if you email me and let me know that you're interested, like we'll figure it out. Let's talk. Um, but my number one suggestion would actually be to leave the belly dance space. <laughs> like for business stuff, go find people who are doing the thing that you are currently trying to work on so if you are trying to get your newsletter list off the ground or you're trying to get your social media off the ground i highly suggest finding people who just teach about that and studying from them outside of the dance space because we tend to be so insular in in our space and only learning from each other that what we tend to learn is only what we know and the rest of the internet has outpaced our industry by leaps and bounds, like what other industries are doing in email marketing, what other industries are doing in social media, in what other industries are doing in filling in-person classes is far and beyond what I hear a lot of belly dancers talk about when we talk to each other about it. And so um, I highly suggest going to find classes and teachers outside of this space and learning from them because you will bring back so many ideas with you back into this space that will only help your business grow. 
Mm, that's a very cool tip. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. Like expanded horizons always uh, make it make us look deeper into our own world and yes. industry. <laughs> I mean, if because you have to think like back in 2017 when I started this, if I had only looked at what the, we were doing, it never would have happened. Mm-hmm. Right. I brought in something that was outside of our space into our space and then experimented with it. And that's always the key is go out, learn from other people. And then how can you apply that to dancers? You know, dancers, right? So take what you learn and then take your knowledge of dancers and like smash them together and see what comes out. And that's the fun part. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking time. I know you're very busy. You just came back from Cairo, probably still adjusting from like trip and uh, different time zones and uh, trying to catch up with all the work and family stuff to do. So I really appreciate you taking time to chat with us today and to share all this uh, very interesting insights into uh it's also impressed me how many roads and paths are actually existing in our balladance world. It's not only about teaching or performing. There are so many possibilities and opportunities. You just literally need to look outside of the box and to find your own place, whatever speaks better to your heart and your soul. So thank you so much for sharing it. And I would like to close our conversation to summarize on a personal question. <laughs> you don't mind too much. <laughs> All right, let's go. So the question is, what makes you fall in love with ballet dance again and again so you keep doing it for so many years? The way it feels in my body. Like every time I take a step back and I'm like, oh, no, I could be done because something happens or whatever, you know, life. And then I come back to it. And after I dance, I just feel so much better. Like it more than almost anything else that I've done. It feels like it's suited to my body or my body is suited to it. I don't really know, um, but I'm here for it, whatever it is. Um, And I think that's what keeps bringing me back is every time, every time I do it after I've been away, I'm like, oh yeah, this feels great. Like this truly feels good. And I think that's what keeps, keeps me coming back. This episode was brought to you by the Yana Dance Club, bringing more consistency and more fun into your dance training online. Check it out at yanadanceclub.com, direct link in the show notes. And before you leave, don't forget to screenshot this episode and share it with your friends, as well as leave a review on iTunes or any other app you're using to listen to the show. The more people know about this podcast, the easier it is for me to bring even more awesome guests. Until next time, keep shimming and keep dancing.